Oh, maybe I have something in... I don't know. Hang on here. Do I have other things that I just haven't... We have a uh, list. I do, and I was staring at the list. And then at the other list, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any other episode ideas drawn up. <laughs> show show preparation, mm. top drawer. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> uh, this is what happens when you don't have guests on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh I kid. Did you ever use flint and steel as a fire starting method? Yeah. Yeah? Were you I, successful? Uh, oh, you know what? Actually, here, I'll weave that story in. Oh, okay. To, okay. okay. So, so we're feeling this this topic? <laughs> I, think, I think I can make this oh, work. All right. All right. Welcome back to a, uh, another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know. This is going to be episode 61, I believe. I think so. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, by, by my math at any rate. Or mm-hmm. paying attention to the last episode being episode 60, I think. Uh, well, you know, we do occasionally record and then publish in on the, the same order. Well, that's true. But we've also... We, uh, we've we've messed up the count four more many times than we've done that other thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but this time we've actually uh, shortened the distance between recording. Yeah. Oh so, yes, that's so, true too. That's you, true too. You and I have are in the same uh, in the same place at the same time in less than a month. Exactly. Can you believe that? I struggle to believe mm. that. But mm. there it is. Uh, well, as you can tell, you've got uh, two of us tonight. You've got myself, Scouter Ken, and Scouter Colin is here as well. Hello. And this week. Well, I was initially actually thinking about um, talking about Rovers 100. A good thing to talk about. Exactly, because, although, like, the history of that's kind of funny, because <clears throat> although I don't think, um, I mean, there were probably some Rover Scouting sections that got organized in 1918, but I mm-hmm. think sort of the main organization of units was probably in um, 1919. Did I say 18? 19, right. Anyways, 1919 would have been mean. when I think the first few unit or when the first units would have really gotten organized. Right. But the idea was first tossed out by Baden-Powell in 1918. Oh, uh, okay. And I was initially thinking, well, you know, we could talk about that. Mm-hmm. But it seems that the World Scouting Organization is aiming to have August be like the month mm. for that. Yeah. So when we get around to doing August shows, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do a Ro- we'll Rover's 100 show. We'll and... And uh, remind ourselves that we need to do that topic in Yeah, or record August. like a few shows, maybe. If we can have yeah. one of those days where we record two or three shows, then, you know, see or if we can't get all the guys together. and Perhaps a lead up to Rovers 100. Yeah. You know, we could start in like July. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Throw but, in an episode or something. Yeah. But that is uh, not then what the topic is going to be for tonight. Wow. Well. And so in staring down the list of topic ideas, came across one, um, probably a little bit of a shorter discussion, but I think mm-hmm. still kind of neat. Um, this was an article I saved from way back when I still actually read Lifehacker, mm-hmm. um, which has made its way off of my Feedly list, but that's neither here nor there. The uh, And actually, like it's just summarizing a video from uh, a YouTuber by the name of Alfie Aesthetics. Ten... Uh, what's the article? T- the 10 best natural tinders you can find in a forest and how to use them. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, <clears throat> it's good as a scout to know yeah. how to light a fire. Yeah. It is. Well, uh, I've, I've often used 
Tinder to light a fire. Sometimes Tinder is not the readily available, and sometimes there's an accelerant that might get utilized. Mm. We can talk. We won't, about, we won't talk about that. We can talk. Well, we can talk about that in a little bit, actually. Well, there is a safety. Things. There is some safety, so we might as well be upfront about that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And actually, like, um, we did some firelighting with the Cub Scouts, and I have some mm. interesting stories to share about that. Ah, excellent. Because you were yeah. mentioning flint and steel yes. uh, before the recording. Yes. And uh, anyways, but so... Tinder is a, a very important uh, part of lighting a fire. Mm-hmm. You know, if there are 10 best Tinders out there, and not the dating app... <laughs> Well, I was going to, I just like, like there's like, seriously, oh, like, when's the joke coming? Uh, it's only a matter of time. Uh, swipe right <laughs> to strike a fire. <laughs> swipe left to douse a fire. Uh, doesn't quite work that uh. way. But I suppose if you overvolted the phone battery, that would be decent for lighting a fire. Yeah. But, uh. Well, they do have that, like, for magic Magic campfire, you know, car that's, battery and steel wool, or yeah, that's or true. Battery and steel ah, wool. Funny story about that too. All right. Okay. So, so <laughs> we have funny anecdotes. I have I have anecdotes <laughs> from the Cub Scouts. Oh my gosh. All right. <clears throat> so okay. Uh, now, one thing to note about this list is that you probably would never find all of them together in the same forest. Probably okay? not. You would probably not find all of these together at once. Okay. Um, <laughs> that said, I do agree. Like, okay. Western red cedar, just in general, is probably like the signally best firewood one can imagine. Yes. It is just the most delightful firewood ever. You're not going to find that in Alberta, though. No. You'll find it in BC. Yes. And apparently Western red cedar bark. And probably um, down the the Western seaboard, you'll... Yes. You'll locate it. So, if you happen to be in an area with Western red cedar, um, the bark... Rough, quite fibrous, mm-hmm. and to use it as kindling, um, best way is to just scrape some off. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you have your knife with you, unless you're a Cub right. Scout. Hopefully, your Scouter has a knife. <laughs> Remember, safe knife practices. If you're a Beaver Scout, we have a different conversation we need to have. Yes. Um, but uh, anyways, yes, scrape some of the fibers off with a knife, and then just bundle it together, mm-hmm. and that will make for nice kindling. Or are they saying like when you say uh, rip some off? Is it like strips? Like if you were if you were uh, making, a, uh, I want to call it a feather stick, uh, similar type of thing. Or are you? Uh, it, it definitely would. Uh, it wouldn't really come out as like a feather stick. It would be more like um, like uh, fibrous is really a good word for it. So like you're you're literally just like shaving off strands. Oh, okay. okay, so it's down at that level. Yeah, because. Um, yeah, with a feather stick, it's a, a little more chunky than, uh, than, uh, yes. the individual fibers. So. Yes. Now feather sticks aren't on this list, but we can also talk about those in a yeah. minute. They uh, might, they might be the 11th best. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> if you can't find any of these other ones, find any stick, any stick will do and make your own. Um, provided again, you have a knife. Yes. Which hopefully you do. This is all, most of, or, well, so far, this is predicated on having a knife with you, so. Yes. Um, well, and I mean, obviously the implements to then light something on fire. Oh, uh, yes. You know. Mm. You can, you can get a knife that has flint, flint. steel. Yes, the, I do remember that. Um, right. Number two on the list, birch bark. That is something uh, yes. you'll find around here. Yes. And, and that is very good. Yes. Highly flammable, mm-hmm. peels away. You can just, uh, rip it off with your fingers. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and light it. You can also like the the bark also will tend to have birch like dust on it, right? Because just birch wood uh-huh. breaks down, so like you'll tend to find like birch dust or crumbs on the on the bark, uh-huh. and that can also be used to kind of you know add an accelerant to your fire. Um, a third one, coal fungus. All right. Okay. I don't know if you find that around here. I don't, I don't imagine it's indigenous to the area. No. Um, it doesn't doesn't strike me as something that I recall, but. But, um, so these are small little kind of black brown, blackish brown lumps. Mm-hmm. Um, they grow on tree stumps and logs. Hmm. And evidently they're very much, uh, their behavior is similar to that of charcoal. Oh. Or they're, they're, you know, they're like, the, the article here says they act like nature's charcoal. So cut them mm-hmm. so they lay flat. Light them and then put them in a nest of dry grass. Okay. <clears throat> Relatedly, dead grass is number ten on the list. Well, I've I've experienced the dead grass phenomenon as being quite flammable. Yeah, if it's, uh, it's if, good for that. If, if dry. Yes. <laughs> it, it goes up quite readily. Uh, I have a anecdote about that. So, oh, good. So. We'll get to that in a minute yeah. too. Then. Yes. Um, number four, pine cones. Mm. Um, really? Pine yes. Cones. The suggestion here, though, is not to just try and light the cones themselves, but rather um, crush them with your hands. Okay. Until you have like a pile of little flakes and cone dust. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then just go at it. It says shower it with sparks here. So this might be one that responds well to flint and steel. Yes. Okay. Tinder fungus, uh, also known as bracket fungus. I wonder if that's, um, what's called man. like old man's beard or something like well, that. Uh, let me just bring up that link right here because this is the internet. Yes. And no. Oh, these are the little things that look like mushrooms that hang off the side of the tree. Oh, okay. Something completely different. Okay. Yeah. There right. you go. Um, so yes, this aptly named fungus, uh, mm-hmm. bracket fungus lives on tree trunks. It's mm-hmm. a parasite. Um, like I say, it looks like, you know, those, if you've ever seen it, if you ever like walked by a tree and thought, Hey, it looks like there's literally mushrooms embedded in the side of that tree. That's mm-hmm. this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, just remove it from the tree, scrape off the skin and apparently it lights rather handily. The skin or the actual, uh, fungus. the article could stand to clarify that point. Yeah. It doesn't really. I'm assuming not. it's the fungus that would light. Okay. But at any rate. Yep. Uh, fireweed is number six on the list. Has purple flowers, produces a cotton-like substance that can be used for tinder. Just gather as much as you can and it should light eh, pretty much instantly. I've never heard of that. Fireweed. Yeah. Be careful. You are looking on the internet. Yes. Well. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, your search results could vary. <laughs> it's a very pretty plant at any rate. Yeah. yeah, that is nice. Oh, I have seen this stuff. I have seen this stuff around. In nature? Yes, I have encountered <laughs> this before. It looks like something that would grow at a, at a gardens or something like that. I guess. And just going by the image titles, like here's Alaska fireweed, here's mm-hmm. Mexican fireweed, here's Florida fireweed. So it's like this oh. stuff apparently grows all over the place. It's dependent on the, the area and the location. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Um, thistle. Really? Thistle seed plants. Oh, I wouldn't have thought that thistle. Um, again, they produce like a cottony type substance. So oh, this is very co- seasonally dependent. The the cottony uh, product on the, off of a thistle. Right. Well, anything that would give you like that nice thin strand, right? Yeah. Yeah. More on that anon. Yes. Um, punkwood. Really? Also, yeah, well, dead, uh, rotting I, wood. I was going to say- I'm I, assuming I, if dry. I don't know if punk wood, like, 
punk wood really doesn't burn. It smolders. So I suspect that, yes, if you, you know, you got some spark in it, it would it would smolder away and then you'd need something to actually light. Right. So, I mean, yeah, if you could I don't then think it, add... it itself would light necessarily. <clears throat> I think it would just... But smoldering yeah. can be useful then if you apply, again, like, say, dry grass. Yes. Um, and if none of these happen to be available, number nine on the list, mm-hmm. wood shavings. Mm. Now, here's, you know, where you could probably also slide the feather stick in for consideration, right? Because yes. the feather stick is essentially like um, almost wood shavings. Yes. So, you know, taking taking a stick and, I mean, doing a good feather stick does admittedly take a bit of time and a lot of practice. You know, yeah. the first attempts at feather sticks are, are rather rough. But uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with a feather stick, um, you know, the, the idea is, you know, you basically take just about any piece of wood will do. Mm-hmm. And you, like, imagine what you, imagine if you were, my daughter was peeling a potato earlier today. She was trying to help mm-hmm. with dinner. And when she got to the end of each stroke of the peeler, she didn't quite complete the stroke. Mm-hmm. So the net result was, you know, she had a potato where the there were like two or three peels that were just kind of hanging off on by just a tiny little yeah. bit at the end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, just one after the other. So they kind of yeah. cascaded into each other. That's literally like what a feather stick should look like, right? Like the idea is you're basically, you're shaving. Peeling. Yeah, you're shaving or peeling thin layers of wood off the stick, except yeah. that when you get to the very end of your stroke, you don't actually separate the shaving of wood from the stick. Yeah, and then you just kind of work down in layers, yeah. peeling off the next little bit. So the idea is that you want to, you know, um, pull a bunch of wood away from the branch without breaking it off the branch. Yeah. So you're kind of creating, um, you're creating thin little strands of wood that light easier, and then there's yeah. space for oxygen and, to get trapped between them. And you can rotate the stick as you go as well, so that it's not all concentrated in one area. You True. can do a couple strokes in one area, rotate it, move up the stick a little, crank out a couple more feathers, yep. you know, move up the stick, rotate it, and that way it, it you know, more surface area to ignite. Yes, definitely. Um, the one thing I noticed that wasn't on there is uh, dead spruce, and that that's kind of been my that's your go to. That's my go to tinder with dry grass. So you um, you make a a bundle of dead grass and you light that, and then you have a bundle of spruce uh, spruce uh, twigs, mm-hmm. and and you put the bundle of dead grass in the bundle of twigs, and close it all up and then once that thing's running you you can't you you can't you can't go wrong you can't go wrong and when i say a bundle like if you got an arm full of spruce uh dead spruce twigs you would be about right like that that'll light pretty pretty well any any wet wood that you have lying around mm-hmm. well jen yeah i mean <clears throat> the 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 spruce Plus the grass will generate a lot of heat pretty quickly, mm-hmm. which is good for the, uh, yeah, then even getting a, a little bit of a wetter piece of wood lit, you can, you can probably pull it off. Yeah. Um, we did, uh, a couple of rounds of fire lighting with the cubs mm-hmm. and, uh, some additional comments here. So like one thing that we really try and impress upon our youth 
is, and I mean, like this goes towards the be prepared thing, right? Obviously it's good to be able to go into a wooded environment with knowledge. You know, so if you did in fact get lost and mm-hmm. you did happen to have a knife and a bit of like, say, flint and steel or whatever, you some should. source of ignition. We've talked about preparedness before and going on on hikes and outings and that kind of stuff. So one would expect that you would have a Mm -hmm. a knife and some fire... You know, I mean, like source of ignition. Yeah. If no, if nothing else, like if you just happen to be out for a walk in the woods and you mm-hmm. had nothing else but a knife and a lighter, well, at least then you have some options for you know keeping yourself warm. If for whatever reason you get lost and need to keep yourself warm at night, right? But uh, I mean, obviously, with the youth, we really try and impress on them, you know, to be additionally prepared beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so we've um, for those that were with us in Beavers, like we started putting together a survival kit for them in Beavers. And then as they moved up into Cubs, we put together still get, like we added more to their kits. And one of the things that we did this year was we, uh, we let them have a go at, well, Flint and Steel mm-hmm. and then several different, um, tinders. Oh, okay. Okay. And not like, in this case, not using the, um, not like, you know, wood or grass, or whatever else. No. Uh, what were we working with? Steel wool okay, was one of them. Yep, yep. Um, firelight. Mm-hmm. So like a, mar- like a actual fire starter product, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> essentially like tightly wadded cotton with some accelerant on it. Yeah. Or like a paraffin or something like that. Something yep. that will burn and, you know, will burn for a little bit of time. And then um, the homebrew version. Oh, yes. Cotton balls and mm-hmm. Vaseline. Oh, yes. Yep. And fun results. All right. Let's hear it. So, um, the firelight was useless. For flint and steel. Oh, okay. Just not a thing. Yeah. Just not a thing that that would light. So, if you, uh, uh, off the shelf... Well, that particular product, if you were to take yeah, it, with I don't, you, I don't know if Firelight was the actual brand name. You it would occurs need. to me that it might not be. I'd have to like go and dig it up in yeah. the room over here. But, but you're uh, looking for uh, something that has, mm-hmm. you know, you might need something with a little more flame to it than just uh, yeah. a, a spark from flint and steel. Yeah, like I mean, with a match, this stuff is is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know, one or two, one or two pellets, I guess I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, in a fire pit, they're enough to get most things going. Maybe not really, really wet wood, but uh, most other things. Mm-hmm. The uh, the steel wool actually responds favorably to flint and steel. Mm-hmm. Catch it with a spark and it will just combust nicely along the wool. But it's more of a smolder, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not going to get you flames. It's just, you know, you're going to see it spark up and then this nice glowing... Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the glowing, uh, heat will make its way across the fibers of the steel wool from one end to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, neat effect and coupled with something like dry grass, it would probably get you a decent fire going. Yeah. And then mm. a little bit of oxygen. Yep. The cotton ball. Okay. Oh man, the <laughs> cotton ball. <laughs> All right. Honestly, for flint and steel, I don't think I'd pack along anything else. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> the uh, the flames that some of the kids were able to pull off. Yeah, and literally, it was just take a cotton ball out of a bag. Yeah, um, take a take a little bit of petroleum jelly. Yeah, and just yeah, rub it around, rub it around, and then we had pie pans. 
Okay. Right. Cause we were yeah. set up on like out in front of the school. So we had just pie pans out for them yeah. and they were just sparking into the pie pans yeah. and, um, the cotton balls, they caught the spark really easily. Mm-hmm. And man, when they lit, you know, you had a good couple inch tall flame mm-hmm. and it lasted a fair while. Yeah. So, um, I think if I had to do like, if I, if I wanted to, you know, be really quite well prepared for flint and steel fire starting, mm-hmm. that would be my go-to just yeah. because, oh my gosh, it, it lit quite easily. Even the cubs who were a little bit more timid with the, uh, with the sparking. Yeah. You know, like some of the kids, obviously, you know, they're just like, oh, this is cool. Spark, spark, shower of spark, shower, sparks, fire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great. And then some of the other cubs, uh, were kind of just like, oh, that's scary. Uh, I don't know yeah. what I'm, you know, yeah, not getting many sparks. Um, but, uh, but, even even the the more timid cubs, as long as they could you know make a few sparks, they could usually get the uh, the cotton ball lit. Mm-hmm. It was it was really quite impressive actually, just how well that worked. Given that, and I mean we warned the cubs going in. It's just like look, you're gonna learn how to use flint and steel because it's a good thing to kind of have at the very very back of your mind. You're not always gonna have um, matches. But if you have a, you know, flint and uh, a knife, you're going to be able to, you'll be able to light a fire. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like, please, if at all possible, plan ahead, Mm -hmm. be a little more prepared than just having to rely on flint and steel. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, while we do kind of romanticize flint and steel a little bit, you know, um, it's not a it's not an easy way to light a fire. It's not. No. It's, it's yeah. Lighting a fire from Flint and steel takes great, great planning. Whereas some, some other fire lighting methods, uh, can be, uh, can be handled just by, you know, uh, off the cuff while things are running kind of thing. Yeah. Flint and steel takes a little more babying and prep before you, before you can leave it. Well, and just practice. Yeah. I mean, it's better than rubbing two sticks together, but... I've never been able to get that to work. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, bow method or whatever yeah, that is where you get it's a, called. Yeah. No. Um, and it's probably better than, you know, like a magnifying glass, but it's definitely... <clears throat> it's, uh, it is definitely a thing that is more romanticized than actually effective. I, I heard that dryer lint is actually a pretty good a pretty good uh flint and steel like a around the house kind of cuz dryer lint you 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 can you can hear about dryer fires mm-hmm. where where the lint catches fire in the in the dryer well i so. mean like dryer lint's basically a cotton ball anyways right yeah yeah you know like it's it's almost the same consistency and i think like what really makes the cuz like if you think about like the steel wool right like the mm-hmm. steel wool catches the sparks and then, you know, you get just combustion that basically traverses along all of the little strands. Yeah. Um, and, and it's spread, like, that's something that you pull apart too. Like, you don't leave it dense. You, right. You kind of, you, you kind of you pull it apart spread a it apart, yeah, a, you pull it apart a, a, bit. a bit so that there's more surface area for the sparks to come right. into contact with. A cotton ball is kind of already separated like that, right? Like, a cotton right. ball has more breathable room in it. Lint is right. maybe a little bit more dense than that. But the mm-hmm. idea is basically the same. It's like, it's just a collection of loose 
Oh, uh, well, it's a collection can... of strands that are loose in the sense that there's a lot of airspace between mm-hmm. them, but just tightly packed enough that they kind of hold together and hold the shape. And I think that's that's true of most like most tinders mm-hmm. that we're talking about. It's it's if you have something small enough, a uh, lot lot of surface area, a lot of room. Well, not a lot of room, but space between. It's not like packed together. It gives the yep. the source of ignition a place to go and 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 smolder or burn and yep i mean i don't know like we went to the same high school i don't Mm -hmm. know if we had the same science teachers but like i remember uh my one science teacher you know like and i mean just to illustrate the effect of exactly that of having space for oxygen Mm -hmm. between the the particles or the strands of whatever fuel you're trying to use, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he had a pile of like flour, white flour on his desk. Yes. And he's like, you know, he's going at it with matches. He's going at it with a lighter. He's trying to light it like off the Bunsen burner, turning mm-hmm. the Bunsen burner upside down. And the pile of flour is just laughing at him. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, because when it's just sitting there in a pile, there's not much, you know, yeah. you can, you can char this, like you can scorch the surface flour but, you know, because flour kind of just sits together and clumps together, it's mm-hmm. not much air between the, the particles of flour. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but when he puts the Bunsen burner on the desk and then takes a straw full of flour and just goes, yeah, right, yeah. <clears throat> blows it right there, big cloud of fire. Yeah. Um, because now, of course, you've separated the particles, there's more space for oxygen in between. Yeah, yep. they'll burn. They'll burn quite handily. That's why grain elevators exploded. Yes. <laughs> Historically, it's, you get all that grain dust in the air and then a, the, and a spark the, and the, kaboom. Yeah, the electric motors spark. Yep. Um, but it's also a reason why, um, and this is kind of talking about accelerant and proper use therein of accelerant. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you leave um like if you if you were to use uh, gas as an accelerant or like as a fire starter there are many people that have blown their eyebrows off because they got too close or whatever but gas is volatile or like uh, petroleum or like right like petrol um, you know just generic from the pump gas it it it's volatile and it'll atomize quickly and once you put a spark into that, it's going to go. Well, it turns into a vapor very rapidly yeah. too. So yeah. yeah. Um, but it, you know, coming back to things like the cotton ball, right? So the cotton ball has the same sort of stranding that the steel wool has. Yeah. And the stranding is nice because like if it catches the spark and it ignites, well then it carries that. And of course, if you've mm-hmm. then, you know, messed it up with some petroleum jelly, well yeah. now, you know, you have... You have some staying power in that petroleum jelly. Exactly. And yeah. the strands are carrying the spark right to it. And then yeah. when it lights off, because it's <clears throat> like... And the thing is too, like if I drop a match into Vaseline, not much is going to happen. No. It's kind of boring, yeah. right? So it's the two working in concert because again, you know, now you're letting the Vaseline <clears throat> be rearranged in such a way that there's a lot more space for air and again, once that oxygen yep. is in there, it just, it goes and it is, it is a great fire. And actually, like I was honestly concerned, uh, <clears throat> after the first round of Cubs did it, uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, cause we were doing them one layer at a time. Right. So, you know, then the next group comes out and I'm just like, okay, um, <clears throat> look, just based on the results from the last group, the cotton balls will work the best. Please 
don't put your face right over the pie pan. Like mm-hmm. kind of, you know, have the flint and steel out in front of you a little bit because I don't want to explain mm-hmm. to anybody's parents why you came home without eyebrows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> like literally, like sometimes the fire was that tall off the pan. It was so impressively effective. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. yeah that's, that's a, that's a good thing to note is like when, when lighting fires, regard, regardless, you don't want to get your head right, right in there if, uh, if you're, you've got some, uh, well, in this case, uh, Vaseline or, mm. you know, any other, any other thing that's going to flare up a little bit, you yep. want to, want to make sure that you keep, keep your distance. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Just, you know, watch, watch how, watch how tall your fire gets. And I guess too, like the important thing, uh, or, and I guess to sort of the, uh, the observation I might make is that while I'd be tempted to like prepare some of these in advance, yeah. I think more, if I was going to do anything, I would just have a little bit of petroleum jelly and a few cotton balls in my kit and I'd only yeah. mix them at the time in case I needed them. I, yeah. I don't, I, I haven't tested this, but I kind of suspect that if I just prepped a bunch and left them in the kit, I'd probably diminish the overall effectiveness because they kind of get mashed down and. Yeah. They would be else. compressed a bit more. Yeah. Um, this is my anecdote about, uh, yes. Uh, uh dry, dry grass <laughs> as a tinder. So, and and it's odd because, <clears throat> or not odd, but it's, it's, uh, it, it came up in discussion today because ah. my mom was actually asking me about this trip. Well, when we were, uh, back in, uh, our venturing days, okay. um, we went to, uh, Skeleton Lake campground. May it rest in peace. Yeah. And we did the hike between Skeleton Lake and I think it was Hope Lake. There was, in the summer, there's a portage that you can take that, that you can go, um, Skeleton Lake, Hope Lake, um, another lake. Mm. And then it's like, uh, uh, North Buck Lake. I think that's where you, where you end up getting out. Um, And there was, like I said, there was this portage. Well, for a service project, we went up there to do some trail maintenance. So we went up and we took with us an army tent. And um, it was the the bell tent, the first. Ah, the bell tent. First gen bell tent. (laughs) Big, green, heavy canvas. Exactly the sort of thing you don't want to be lugging across. Well, but but if you're winter camping, it's actually quite nice because you've got a stove in the middle or like a stove in it, right? That's true. And it keeps the place warm. So that's that's really nice because on a cold winter's day or a cold winter's night, you know, you can be inside and it can be warm and you can be in shorts and a t-shirt sitting in in a bell tent when it's minus, you know, 20, 25 outside. So, um, what had happened is we had cleared away, we had cleared away the snow to an extent and packed it down and then threw tarps down and set up the tent and we were sleeping in the tent, but the stove, the stove had still been exposed to the ground. Right. And by exposed to the ground, I mean, it's up on, up on stands, but the, the ground underneath it is exposed there's no tarps there's no pan there's no nothing underneath there it's just stove stand like uprights right to, right to, 
little posts on each corner to, to lift the stove off the ground and then the grass underneath. And the grass, over time, the snow melted. Mm-hmm. And Twood. The, and the grass dried. As it do, as it as, do. Yeah. So one, uh, one particular uh, night, we were sitting in the tent and uh, I had thrown, I don't know if it was me or if it was somebody else. It was probably me because <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember it more vividly. Uh, oh, dear. A, <clears throat> it had a door on the front and we had the door open on the stove and we periodically chuck a log in and let it burn. Well, we chucked a log in and I don't know if it was a twig or whatever it was kind of a borderline. It wasn't all the way in. It wasn't all the, it wasn't out, but, but it was enough to catch fire and slowly burn out. Oh, and no. when it, when I got out, it fell and hit the dead grass. And I kid you not, <laughs> that's what we heard. Yeah. Was, <laughs> and, and the area around the stove had gone up in flames. Oh, jeez. And thank goodness our, uh, our advisor was with us at the time because he was the one that was probably close, closest to, um, uh, uh, snow. Uh, well, yeah, he actually grabbed, he had his water bottle and he grabbed his water bottle, cracked the lid and threw it on the fire. And it was enough to mostly put it out, but so one of a, one of the other others, I don't know who it was, threw their water on it as well. And we got it out, so it was good. <laughs> and there was, you know, moments of pause and perhaps some four-letter friend-getters that were uttered on on all counts. <laughs> uh, but we melted some of the tarp. Ooh, yeah, I suppose. Like the, t- the tarp that was our ground sheet. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, pretty, uh, pretty intense for a very short period of time, but we, uh, we took that as a learning experience and reconfigured a few things and readjusted the stove and, and everything was good after that. But, you know, just a word to the wise, uh, grass when it is dry will go and it will go fast. Yes, yes, I will. I was just looking at the map of uh, Skeleton Lake and area Yeah, while you were there. So Skeleton Lake, Hope Lake, and if you're ending up in North Buck Lake, then that third lake was probably Big Johnson Lake. Oh. Uh, at I least if they... Bing Maps has reliable names. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought they, I thought it was some other... Then there's also the Little Johnson Lake right next to the big one. Enough said about that, I suppose. <laughs> I'm just going to chuckle to myself. <laughs> Leave that well enough alone. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, maybe, I'm now laughing out loud. Maybe it's, Google it's, will it's have funny. a different result. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe this is just one of those because it's Alberta things. Mm. I don't know. At any rate, um, <clears throat> actually, now you got me thinking about like Cabaret last year and probably again this year. Mm. Um, the place where they have it is a field um, actually just on CFB Edmonton. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, but you know, they let us rent it and it's, uh, mm-hmm. if you don't mind spiders, it's a nice enough place. Lots of spiders. But, uh, like I remember last year, they didn't do a campfire. Mm. I mean, and it, like totally like it was a hot, like it was 30 plus that weekend. Right. So I mean, mm-hmm. we're in the middle of a grass field, a long grass field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they didn't do a real campfire. They had a, a propane stove. 
mm-hmm. or a propane burner, you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, but like, it was funny because I was sitting down with the Cubs, uh, just recently to talk about meal planning, mm-hmm. you know, you know youth led. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just throwing out suggestions, just like we should roast marshmallows. We should do s'mores, mm-hmm. all of these things. Bannock mm-hmm. was just like, okay, guys. <clears throat> all good ideas. I, these are excellent ideas. These are yeah. really excellent ideas. I just need to point out one thing. We're in a grass field. If it's a hot weekend, we're in a dry grass field. You know, mm-hmm. everybody around us is also going to be in grass fields. Mm-hmm. What do you think would happen if the campfire that we're hypothetically going to light to cook all this got maybe just a teeny tiny bit out of control? They're just like, ah, okay. It's like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to have a campfire in our site. Um, we'll mm-hmm. be lucky if the organizers decide to have a campfire, like an actual in, campfire at, all. at the campfire yeah. ceremony. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I don't think that doing marshmallows up on the camp chef, mm-hmm. you know, would work quite so well. No. Maybe, you, but. You, you could do like tin foil s'mores on a cooktop, I guess, mm. but I don't know. I oh, would. but though, but. Yeah. Um, you know, where they were just like, well, what can we do for dessert then? Just like, well. Mm-hmm. Uh, should I tell you about the first time I baked a cake at camp or the second time I baked a cake at camp? So now they totally want to bake a cake at camp. Sure. So, uh. Why not? Why not? We Turn will. another generation on to cook baking at, uh, baking at a camp. Well, just, you know, a pot in a pot. Yeah. It's not that hard to. Well, and the cake mixes are already done. So it's I know, not right? like, a, it's not like you have to bring flour, sugar, eggs, uh, all gr- that kind of stuff. <laughs> Great little conversation too, because I'm just like, and the second time I did this, mm-hmm. like, you know, totally planned it out. So, cause we did like a carrot cake at mm-hmm. Spring Thaw, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had brought like cream cheese. So I made cream cheese icing. Yeah. And while I was telling them that story, one of the youth who had been working on something across the room, he wandered up at that point. He's just like, why would you bring cream cheese to a camp? I'm just like, to make icing for the cake, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and of course wow. he asked his, uh, this puzzle look like, okay, I have another question. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So. That was a really good camp. Just, just so you know, I, I thought the food was excellent. When, yeah, well, when I, we, yeah. When we, we, we decided that we were going to have a dedicated person for, for cooking. <laughs> I, you know what? And I, uh, that was a lot of fun actually. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, cause then you can like start doing the prepare, the preparation yeah. in advance. And well, I think know. we were kind of the envy of the camp. I won't, I won't, you know, in looking back at it mm-hmm. is like, we were the group that came with our own cook and, wow. and, uh, you know, I mean, I was putting myself through call uh, through university as a cook. Uh, yeah. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but no, it was, it was good. But you know, like even the, even the first foray into the making of cakes mm-hmm. was, uh, it's a story for another time, especially because I think this text is going to be, ah, uh, yes. Ah. So, <clears throat> ah, the reality of having an infant in the house. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So yes, tinders, natural and artificial. Um, mm-hmm. My big strong recommendation goes behind the, uh, the, uh, the, the cotton ball petroleum jelly. Yeah. If you got to do it flint and steel, that, mm-hmm. that seemed to be the best way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that said, um, I can personally attest, you know, birch bark works really, really well. Yep. You said the, the dead grass the along dead with grass the spruce. And, yep. To kind of give spruce. it some kick. Yep. Um, and I mean, if you've not had the privilege of a Western red cedar fire, mm-hmm. um, 
you're missing out. You really are. It is, it is just the most enjoyable wood to cut. Mm-hmm. It is the most enjoyable wood to be around as it burns because the, the smell is just like nothing else. It's just mm-hmm. a beautiful aroma. So, um, can totally, can totally attest that. All right. Uh, let me just have a quick look here. I don't think I have any new shout outs or anything of the sort, but let me just have a quick look in one folder because, oh, I do have one. No, actually I have two. Wow. So here's some follow-up comments from the, um, Necker episode. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So first off, uh, scouter Colin from the 264 Somerset Bridalwood Scout Group, mm-hmm. um, evidently out of Calgary, said, uh, in response to your question, uh, our group has a rotary club as our sponsor and wears a rotary badge on our Necker. And he included a shot. And so you can mm-hmm. see the youth have their yellow with blue bordered scarves. Oh, and yes. at just the very tip of the triangle, yep. uh, there is the circular Crips. rotary badge. Yep. And then also, um, Norma, Norma Thompson, who is like a fixture, a historian and just a fixture of some of the Facebook scouting groups, mm-hmm. um, pointed out that, because uh, you remember when we were talking about Neckers, um, Parker mentioned that the Cub Scouts wear one common Necker. Mm-hmm. And Norma pointed out that this is actually technically can be true for Beaver Scouts, right? Oh, okay. For Beaver Scouts... They can wear the group necker, but there is also the blue, blue necker. That is right. That is right. Although the blue necker has been retired. Oh, okay. The current one is not a solid cutter, uh, not a solid color. And actually, uh, I don't even know, she doesn't even know what the pattern would be called. It's kind of platy, mm-hmm. but not like typical platy. Oh, okay. I like the blue one better. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, but again, notice that this is a bordered necker. Yes. You know, I so do. it's got like this weird... Sort of, I don't know, there's a pattern in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, platy or tartany, but then it's got sort of a, I'm assuming that's like a very dark blue border or something. Yeah, an edging yes. of some sort. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, big thank you, shout outs to Colin and to Norma for uh, getting back to us about the Neckers. Mm-hmm. Any shout outs from you? No. Well, then just as always, our usual and customary shout out to uh, the good folks at Scouting Radio for mm-hmm. rebroadcasting our episodes to their worldwide scouting audience. And if you're listening to us on Scouting Radio right now, um, do let us know, reach out and get in touch. We would, of course, love to hear from you. How does one do that? Scouter ah, Ken? Yes, well. Uh, of course you can email us scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com you can leave us a voice message um, either at scoutingstuffpodcast.com just pop out the sidebar and look for the link or visit us on Facebook facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast and there will be a voicemail option in the sidebar menu twitter.com slash ssysk podcast you can get in touch with us there send us a message um, instagram.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast finally you can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher uh, we'd love to hear from you there as well and if you're listening to the podcast but for some reason you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast please do consider subscribing because mm-hmm. um, yeah that uh, that helps with the ranking and the leaving of reviews helps with the ranking and the yeah. more makes us visible exactly you know makes us uh, a little bit more visible when people come to iTunes or whatever their podcasting service of choice is looking for information about scouting all right 
Well, that's all I got, and it sounds like I have to go help with a baby upstairs. Yes. So, um, thank you out there for listening. Shorter episode this week, I suppose. And until next time, be prepared. Be prepared.